0: I am Rutledge. Hey, I'm Connor. And we're friendstream sports. We're real friends who do real sports and real time and real fun and Connor I'm really hyped about tonight. How about you?
1: Rutledge, I am really happy and you sound really clear tonight, do you any any new any new gear you're sporting? Oh
0: man, I got a um, Arctic Pro headset for my wife for my birthday. So this is a, like, award-winning headset that she got me, and um, it's wireless, and it has a new mic on it, and it has a mute button. Look. You totally missed what I just said, so I feel really good about this. So I got some gear upgrades, so I'm going to come in crystal clear.
1: One can only assume you said shout-out to our wives, the, the real MVPs of Friends Dream Sports.
0: Yes, I did say shout out to our wives, the real MVPs, the Friends Stream Sports, the people that let us stream sports in our houses. No but, doubt. But yeah, it's here. We're ready. We already have a viewer this evening, so thank you for joining us. Um, before we get started, Connor. Uh, We want to take a moment to acknowledge one of our local Florida athletes. So uh, for the people in the world, tell them about the Florida basketball player who's having a tough time who needs our thoughts out there, Connor.
1: Ooh, yeah. First shout out goes to Keontae Johnson, who uh, he was the SEC preseason player of the year pick. uh, Collapsed on the floor against Florida State. Apparently is in stable yet critical condition. Uh, and and is uh, you know is going to be on the road to recovery for sure. So shout out to him, shout out to his medical team and his doctors, and uh, we we hope and pray for a speedy recovery.
0: Yeah, if you haven't watched the video, we recommend you get out there and check it out. Um, it's they score and then he goes down. So um, it was in Tallahassee, which you know rivalries are always big. Um, another another shout out to. Sarah Fuller, so it was announced on Twitter yesterday, Sarah Fuller's football career has ended because Vanderbilt's last game has been canceled due to COVID protocols. But this past weekend, she did score two successful points doing two um, PAT attempts, and of course has played in two college football games. So I personally love that. On the back of her helmet, she had play like a girl as like a sign of strength. So want to give a huge shout out to Sarah Fuller. Um, we at French Dream Sports are really happy for you that you were able to just have a huge year in 2020.
1: Two for two and extra points. Two games played. Uh, too good to be true, Sarah Fuller. 2020. Lots of twos happening. But we're into it. We're into the number two tonight, that's for sure. Because we have two AFC West rivals here this evening in the Oakland via Madden circa 2020 Las Vegas, Madden circa 2021 Raiders versus the always and forever in Denver Broncos.
0: Connor, I really feel like you're trying to pick your winning streak further by giving me bad teams to play as since you've been picking the games currently. So I'm going to give it my best here with this throwback 75th anniversary Broncos uniform and see what happens.
1: Hey, just, we... just wait. just wait till my ill-timed interception.
0: I have a pretty good defense tonight, so we'll see how this is going to go. Um, speaking of some ill-timed interceptions and some scorings, did you see the blowouts that were happening this weekend in college football?
1: This was not a good week for a lot. This was both a great week and not a good week for a lot of college football teams. That's for sure, Rutledge. Uh, where do where do you want to begin?
0: I kind of want to start in the in the great state of Arizona to which um, Herm Edwards has proved that he can be a coach again. And uh, Kevin Sumlin, not so much, because the Arizona Wildcats lost 70 points to seven to the Arizona State Sun Devils. Um, as rivalry games go, that's got to be a tough one to sit there and watch. But, Connor, what what's happening to Kevin Sumlin?
1: You know, he, yeah, if you kind of track his career, he was a very hot commodity at Houston, went to Texas A&M, uh, could not put it together uh, or, you know, play, played some decent game, ball at, at Texas A&M coaching-wise, had Johnny Manziel, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator, so really was able to put together some good seasons at the beginning, kind of trailed off due to high expectations that usually occur in Aggieland. Currently or throughout the, his tenure at Arizona, uh, Kevin Sumlin went 9-20, and 20, uh, including 0-5 this year. You know, you could look at that in a variety of different ways. As someone had to, uh, you know, take the Rich Rodriguez roster and morph that. He obviously did not do that quite well, Uh, you know. And I think, I think there is a lot of coaches who were able to implement sort of this spread run and shoot attempt, you know, type offense version, 1.0 in this this new college football world. And quite frankly, a lot of coaches have caught up to that and you know, got folks like Kevin Sumlin uh, are being a little bit exposed. So, uh, you know, wish wish him the best. It stinks that this happens right around Christmas, but also, you know, he should have won more football games. So, you, you know, you got to, it, it, you, you don't get a free ride all the time. So uh, what about, well, any, any thoughts? Did you get to watch Arizona at all? I mean, what do you think about Arizona and the state of the program in Pac-12 right now?
0: Arizona's been weird, because as we remember, they had um, Rich Rodriguez for a while. He tried to make it work, and now they have Kevin Sumlin, and they keep going through these power hire coaches that are just not kind of fitting there. I'm personally happy for Herm Edwards, because when that was announced that he was going there, I was a little confused, because he had been in the broadcast booth and the ESPN for so long, that the fact that they're making that work. So um, good for him, but it definitely feels like a lopsided thing. As a... As a child, I was a little bit more Arizona State than Arizona, so it makes me happy to see the Sun Devils kind of put up 70 points on the Wildcats, um, being on the West Coast. The other game I want to talk about, which was surprising this weekend, Connor, was UNC and Mack Brown putting up 62 points and destroying Miami. Uh, I'm... I cannot believe, I knew that it was going to be a good game. You know, we had kind of previewed it earlier in the year. We both knew that UNC was going to do something. We were hoping Miami was better than what they are. But, my goodness, 62 points. I think it was 510 rushing yards. I know Barstool Sports made a whole bunch of memes about it. But, Connor, what are your thoughts on the fact that UNC is like, even though it's a basketball school, they put down a football whooping, which they usually are on the receiving end of.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think the, the bigger story, in my opinion, there is is what happened to Miami, right? I think, I think in a lot of ways you could look at Miami being, uh, you know, not, not excited about not getting to play for the ACC championship game uh, due to how the ACC kind of made their rules to make sure that Notre Dame and Clemson were going to play in the ACC championship game. Uh, but you still got to play man and that's that's no good this year in particular as bowl games are uh really determined by the eye test and things like that and you know you you've got some some issues there with Miami i think you know mac brown uh from where unc was to where they can be and the you know the where the ceiling can be you know mac brown can recruit mac brown can get players in and mac brown can definitely Uh, you know, do some things there. Their quarterback at UNC was a Florida State commit uh, before he changed his mind. So, you know, they do have some good players. Uh, But man, that was definitely a surprise. Steven Kicklider, who was uh, the host, co-host in your absence last week, actually texted me uh, to remind me about how poor my Miami pick was uh, over (laughs) UNC this week. So, uh, you know, I don't. I don't get all my picks right. That's for sure. But yeah, we had we had a lot of, oh. a lot of lot of interesting games. Florida State with the big win over Duke. Uh, did you see the big news coming out of Florida State, Rutledge?
0: No. What's the big news, Connor? Tell us about Florida State.
1: Uh so former UCF Knight, now former UCF Knight, now soon to be Florida State Seminole. Mackenzie Milton uh, is, is apparently transferring from UCF to finish his career out at Florida State. So he gets, he gets to uh, you know be in the spread offense there with Coach Norvell, gets to be in Tallahassee, and, and really gets to, uh, to see what he's made out of in a, in a Power 5 type situation. So you know, hopefully things are turning around for Florida State because I'm not going to lie, Rutledge this year was a pretty, pretty cruddy year to be a Florida State fan. Uh, So that we are very excited to see what happens with the beloved Knowles in Tallahassee.
0: I think Mackenzie Milton going to Florida State is bigger than just for his personal career. This will prove out there if group of five players are good or if they're just good against, as you call them, sociology majors, because if Mackenzie Milton can go into Florida State and if he can outplay Clemson and he can also outplay North Carolina, that will just show that other football players deserve respect it's a lot of pressure on your shoulders i don't think he realizes um but it's crazy how many blowouts were happening this weekend this weekend wasn't the biggest blowout connor you know of our favorite historic blowout of all time you remember that score that we talked about earlier this week
1: yes the uh the georgia tech versus cumberland state game uh give us a little history lesson here as we close out the first quarter so and this game.
0: long time ago in the year 1916, there's a small school called Cumberland State University, which is in Lebanon, Tennessee, which oh, there is our first quarter pick. I was waiting for it to happen. Um, Lebanon, Tennessee is the actual home of where Cracker Barrel started for all of you Country Fried Steak lovers out there. But um, Georgia Tech with their coach John Heisman was an absolute powerhouse in mid 1910s. Cumberland State that spring had disbanded their football program but they could not if they were not going to play the game it was gonna cost them three thousand nineteen sixteen dollars. Which is like thirty thousand dollars today. So they decided to grab whatever they could have and play this game. And I only imagine it being a conversation like, Hello there, would you like to represent Cumberland State in the night in the nineteen sixteen football game against Georgia's Institute of Technology? Come on down and represent the Bulldogs. And then they just got slaughtered, 222-0. to zero. The stat I grabbed was Georgia Tech ran 29 offensive plays. All were rushes totaling 501 yards. Cumberland State finished with negative 28 yards. So if you ever think you're having a bad day, you are not on the receiving end of that sack, and you are not a Cumberland State football
1: player from the 1916 season. So... Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There was no Cumberland State, Georgia Tech type games, although it might have felt like it. Definitely that did not happen.
0: That was not that was not that was not what went on. But, Connor, we talk about blowouts. So Bama beat Arkansas 52 to three. And we'll break that down in the SEC championship part of our show. Um, But what do you think about teams now? It seems like now more than ever in college football, not in professional baseball, but in college football, running up the score is just what you do. So how do you feel about that?
1: You know, as a uh, in my college football career, spending most of the time as a second string player, I generally felt really excited when when the mighty Wheaton Thunder uh, were up by roughly five to six touchdowns at halftime or during uh, at any point during the game. You know, uh, and I can't wait next season to talk to some Division three Wheaton College. At least give Wheaton College shout outs and pick Wheaton College football games all year. Uh, but you know. Whenever we got in, right, it was never, as a, as a second-string unit, it was never the question of, okay, we're just going to run the ball a bunch, this, that, or the other. I mean, you were in there to compete, man. You know, you were in there to play, and you were in there to execute. So, you know, there, I think, you know, if you're if you if you're Alabama and you leave Mac Jones in all game and you're beating up on some team 90-9, to nine, okay, that's one thing. But if you got the second- and third-string players in, you cannot expect them to not I try to execute and try to play, you know? So I, I think that, you know, this, okay, you just got to run the ball. But no, man, you got to, you got to stop good players. Um And quite frankly, you're a starting team and you're a starting player more, more than likely, unless the other head coach pulled out their ones. And, you know, it's two teams executing and playing ball. So, um, you know, I think that there is, you can have some egregious type things that you do and that's, you know, always something to just look out for, but you're just running offense, man. You're just running offense. I I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm not, I'm not a, you know, Oh, you gotta, you gotta run, you gotta run the ball and milk the clock and that, this, that, and the other. I think
0: nowadays, sorry, uh, learning my mute button. I think nowadays that, what it's really shown with running the score is, it's what gets the committee's attention. If you're going to put out, if you're going to put out 50, 60 points against a bad team, you're really showing the committee like, hey, we're someone to be reckoned with, and that's who we are, and that's what we do. Um, but I agree. You know, Arkansas had every chance to stop Alabama from scoring those 52 points, and they couldn't do anything about it. Same thing with Arizona against Arizona State. And you got to look at it. Did you at a player? Did you just quit? Did you give up, or are they that much better than you? So it really comes from within, and the horse nays in Mile High Stadium. Um, it really comes from within, and what do you have made for yourself? So I'm all about running up the score in the sense of it's are you not competitive enough to stop it? Um, something else so running up the score is Army Navy this weekend was a 15-0 game, so. Uh, in our pre-show Connor you asked the question is that running up the score so how do you feel to see an Army Navy game 15 to 0
1: You know uh definitely being a former offensive lineman with the second pick of the game for Derek Carr uh that that's more that's more of my my style kind of football game you know there was a lot of running that happened uh definitely not a a uh not the type of blowouts that you've seen before uh, a few that we noted: Navy 51, Army 0; uh, Navy 58, Army 12. This is the first Paul Johnson year. Even last year, Navy 31, Army 7. You know, so definitely not a blowout. But pitching a shutout in Army Navy is is always, uh, you know, is always is always interesting because although you got a lot of ball control type teams, you know, you can still march down the field. Uh, these option offenses can be tricky to stop and you know i think it's it's always important to keep just remember how hard they can be to stop and you got to have a good not just a good athletically sound team but a very disciplined team to uh you know to uh to stop these option attacks
0: did you mention the 1973 Army Navy game where Navy put up 51 to 0 and Cleveland Cooper the quarterback at the time at 102 yards and 3 touchdowns
1: i sure did I sure well, i'm glad did. we did i wanted to give that
0: one respect um you know but, and it comes to
1: speaking of that you know i know that that's always a big it's used to be a much bigger game national title implications but what do you think about what, what do you think about the army navy game just as today in terms of significance i think
0: the army navy game it's oh crap Um, I think the Army-Navy game nowadays is underappreciated. Before we go into that, I want to go back to our running up the score topic and our user Veneros, which is our good friend, um, Steven Kickliner says, I'm not exactly opposed to running up the score, but after you two to three scores, it's time to sub in your second string, still run with it, um, that's on the other team, we're putting lesser talented guys, it's your job to stop them. And I agree with that, um in results to many games, where that's going to happen, like Bama-Arkansas, or the SEC Championship game, which we'll get there. But as far as Army-Navy goes, Connor, I didn't, I will admit, I didn't appreciate it as much until I watched Lee Corso talk about that is the rivalry game you have to go to. And I think maybe back in the day, to your point, maybe way back in the day, that was a really big deal. But now it's In a normal football season, it's played at the end of the season after championship weekend. Yes, it's on CBS, but we're all kind of waiting for the playoff. And I think TV ratings-wise, like the SEC championship game and the ACC championship game are going to get way better ratings. But the Army-Navy game is so much more significant because these are people that are going to go and serve our country, but they're playing football. I personally want to go to it, so maybe we do friend stream sports live from the Army-Navy game in the parking lot.
1: That would be that would be great. I'm I'm super down for that.
0: Um but I I wish we would appreciate it more, but I don't know how we'll get there based off the nature of today's college football general audience. You know, what do you think would boost more people to watch the Army Navy game, Connor?
1: You know, I I think I think if you had two, you know, winning teams, right? I think I think two you don't have to be undefeated and all that type type of teams but you know if you had say an eight win army team versus you know let's say a seven win navy team or vice versa or maybe one team that is uh, undefeated going into this uh, ranked pretty highly right potential to be a new year six type team i think it really comes down to continued wins you know continually being a strong program especially if you had both of those programs as being very very strong. I think that's I think that's quite frankly how you get that back into uh, back into consideration as as a big time game that everyone's watching.
0: I'm totally with you. It has to have. It's kind of like the year that everyone watched Kansas versus Missouri rivalry game. That had weight to it, and that was two top ten teams. Is that making uh,
1: fun of Kansas coach Mark Mangino because he was very very large? No, you know that's he, pretty rude, Rutledge.
0: No, I was making fun of his chins. Not just Mark Mangino, but all three of his chins. I've had (laughs) Baconators the size of Mark
1: Mangino's chins. Those are small Baconators. No, it was all of his chins. All of his chins. Got it, got it, got it. But as far
0: as Army-Navy games, Steven, our good friend, says he wants to go. So I think that would be a really good time. Us heading up there to either Maryland or to West Point, watching a game just to get out there, but until we get it to where it means something, we have to glue it. Um, In our last one minute, I want to talk about one other team that the world's glued to that I just don't understand anymore, and that's Ohio State, and this take comes from I work in hospitality, so I met an Ohio State fan, and it was Saturday. I was like, oh, you know, uh, Michigan's canceled, how you feel about it, and they said, well, um, I guess you just can't count us out I don't understand right now, alluding to the fact that they're in the championship game and the rules for the championship game changed so Ohio State could play. So Connor, I want to pose this up to you. You know we talk about groups of group of five teams and we talk about um, the landscape of college football and how it's really hard for like a Cincinnati or a UCF to get in the playoff but or coastal Carolina. But is the playoff kind of unfairly supporting Ohio State? And has the Big Ten kind of just turned into a group of five conference, which how bad the rest of the conference is?
1: You know, this year is definitely a down year for the Big Ten, for sure. And I think that that's just getting more and more and more obvious uh, the kind of struggles that the Big Ten has. I, I think that uh, especially this year with Notre Dame being a part of the ACC so you got Notre Dame and Clemson, and you got some pretty solid teams in the ACC. I think, I think that where the Big Ten used to be able to say, "Well, we're probably the second best conference," uh, you know, in the country, that is definitely not the case this year. They're probably closer to the fifth best of the Power Five uh, out of all the conferences, uh, with Ohio State really propping it up. And you know, I think that you know, in a lot of ways, Alabama can cover for a multitude of. You know, not great SEC teams, uh, not not every team is as good as Alabama. Not every team is going to go win all their games. And I think that Ohio State is really having to shoulder a lot of the load this year. You know, in terms of the playoffs, I think that there are going to be some uh, athletic directors that are OK with how this went down, because let us not forget, uh, if you make the playoffs, your your conference gets six million dollars. You know, Ohio State will earn $6 million for the Big Ten if they make it so, you know, it, it's uh, shoot, if you're, if you're Illinois, shoot, if you're Northwestern yeah, you'd be way down to get that and to get that money uh, to do with it what you will hopefully that's to put back into your football program but, you know it, oh, this is definitely a bad year for the Big Ten and I think that it could be the sign of more trouble to come for the Big Ten
0: I want to also put out there, I don't think there's really been a great time for the Big Ten. I think it's just sort of a mess. Look at Michigan State when they went to the playoff in 2015, which I forgot about when I was pulling up this data. They got swept by Alabama 38-0. Indiana, which is a major Big Ten competitor this year, um, their last winning season besides this year was 2007. So. I think you're right where it's a conference where they're really sort of – they're in trouble. Yes, Ohio State is kind of carrying the financial burden and moving them along, but there is something to be said about, you know, you could have Alabama at the top, but what's the rest of the conference like? And it seems like the rest of the conference is not supporting them. Before we go into well, halftime,
1: as I... we – we, well, I, I to warm us up here, I left one second on the clock. Oh, I know. Because I, I need to – I want I to want have a pre-halftime warm take, if you will. I was wondering why you just dive-bombed into the grass. <laughs> because there's a question that I need to ask you. Uh, there's two teams that are 5-0 and undefeated Power 5 teams playing for conference title games. One of them is Ohio State. The other one is Southern Cal. How would you compare both of those teams, assuming that Ohio State and Southern Cal are 6-0 and undefeated conference champions?
0: That wow! Is this is this a warming up question?
1: Uh, this this is this is, this uh, is I hot take... and fresh
0: out the kitchen. This could be. I mean, there's a song about this, but we can't afford to say it. Um, oh my goodness! I would take. I think right now, if I had to pick between the two of them, I would take USC. Whoa! I would put USC above Ohio State, and that USC wins in a variety of ways. They came back, and they beat what looked like Chip Kelly finally figured it out, the UCLA team. Um, And I just, I, while I could say that, you would say the Pac-12, I believe the Pac-12 is a more consistent grind of B-level teams than the Big Ten, where you have one or two A-level teams, maybe A-minus teams, and then a bunch of F-teams that just have famous names on them, like Michigan, Penn State, Nebraska, You know, if you play a mediocre level game against Arizona State, that's what you expected to play. But if they go out and then put 70 points on their rival, you don't see that score in the Big Ten, but you do see those those things happen out in the Pac-12. Um, Stephen mm-hmm. Kicklider out here says he would put the Big Ten over the Pac-12, so he disagrees with me. I guess we're fighting now, Stephen. You're no longer invited to the Army-Navy trip. We'll drink his uh, Bud Light. We will drink his, but he. I know if we, if we get Bud Light, we buy Stevens' producer role. That's how we're going to afford not having to do all the work that we do.
1: No um, doubt. Well, I just I was curious what your thought was. What's your I, What's I, your take, I, Connor?
0: Who would you take, Ohio State or USC? Would you fight you on?
1: Know, uh, you know, I think it would be. Uh, you know, I th- I think it would be more fun. I think it would be more fun to talk about USC because they would they would be the biggest underdog. Just because we haven't talked about them as much all year. Uh, If if it came down to literally those two teams, I think that, uh, you know, I would go, I would really want to make the best case possible for Southern Cal. So I'd I'd do everything I could to legitimately pick USC to make it in the playoffs over Ohio State. That's, That's how I feel about that.
0: Maybe it's the early 2000s and me, but something about USC competing for championships just feels really good.
1: College football is college better when USC is good. College football you know, is better
0: when the when the USC is good, when Reggie Bush is out there, when his parents' free house, or the juice is on the loose, or something, right? So many great things. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah. this halftime hot take, we want to frame up a little bit, and to our viewers, Manny and Steven out there, we'd love for you to participate. Um. By the way, before we jump into halftime hot take, Connor, I don't know if you know this, but we have cool friends out there named Carmen and Gabe, they have a podcast called Dude Thoughts, and the, over Thanksgiving, they wanted to share what they were thankful for, and they're thankful for small businesses. So we gave them a shout-out. They gave us a shout-out on their show. So I think that's really cool.
1: That is, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up on a nice, cool night like this, because that is very cool. We like Dude Thoughts. We like Carmen and Gabe. We're into it. Uh and hopefully we'll get to hopefully we'll get to do uh our second crossover show I know uh, with Dude Thoughts at some point. I'm down for that.
0: I know, we we have Connor and I, for everyone out there in the world, we're announcing it live on our show. Connor and I have challenged Carmen and Gabe to NBA two K of an us versus them of a full out all time team, um some throwdowns, teams of their team of their choice versus team of our choice, and they haven't responded. So uh I'm going to call them out right here on our show and say, hey, you guys need to come down. Let's get together. Let's stream some basketball. But we appreciate the shout-out. If you haven't seen them, check them out. Their show, Dude Thoughts, they talk about a variety of topics. Um, for our halftime hot take, which is my favorite segment of our show, we're going to add something. So if you didn't know, Louisiana State University, or known as LSU, or Go Tigers, as Cosa Duran says, imposed a bowl ban this year and the reason they did is they triggered a stage three ncaa violation that happened because odell beckham jr passed out two thousand dollars to four to a total of four different players on the field in the superdome after winning the national championship this year so we gave out five hundred dollars each to four different players um so to do that, to get in front of the violations, LSU imposed a bowl ban. So Connor and I want to talk about that. But before we do, Connor, do you think Odell Beckham washed his hands before he gave them that money?
1: You know, one would only hope Odell Beckham washed his hands before he handed out that that dirty money. Uh, you know, who knows where he got that money? Uh, who knows how he got that money? Who knows how dirty uh, it was? Who knows how dirty that money was? Uh, who, knows, who knows the reason why it took LSU that long to do their investigations on the dirty money from Odell Beckham because it was literally on the sidelines and ESPN cameras caught that. Uh, so, you know, definitely a- an, interesting, uh, an interesting way to celebrate being an LSU Tiger OBJ by handing out that, that dirty money. And nevertheless, LSU in a year where they've won three football games – have nobly decided to take a one-year bowl ban. So now we will say
0: we will say that LSU could have been eligible for a game with an under 500 record, due to NCAA wave bowl eligibility requirements, which to me sounds like a world of favoritism. That is just a that's just an HR dilemma waiting to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But in that case, Connor, I think because LSU was so noble, we need to be just as noble. So I. I, you came up with this idea, and I fully support that. We need to impose our own for the rest of the season ban. So, what are you banning yourself for the rest of college football season from?
1: You know, Rutledge. After much investigations uh, to avoid, uh, you know, imposed restrictions, I will be foregoing and banning any eating of kale in my life uh, for the rest of the year. So, no kale wow. uh, due to you know self-imposed. Ban
0: of me eating kale. Yeah. Wow. There you go. I uh, also, uh, Stephen, you're challenged in here to join our pledge to ban something for the rest of the year from our lives as part of LSU's bull ban for the rest of the year, halfway through their season. Um, me personally, I am going to, as I get in the holiday season, as someone who works in hospitality, I am going to take the personal ban of getting on a plane. I will not, from now until the end of the year, get on an airplane. I'm taking that ban for me. Uh, I'm just not gonna air travel. Nothing you know, I just am gonna take that out of my life. So I just wanted to share that LSU, you're doing the noble thing here at French Stream Sports and Um the Kale sales are gonna be down and air flight sales are gonna be down because we're we're joining you. We support your decisions.
1: That was a good halftime hot take. I feel was, I feel good getting that off my chest. I
0: feel like I feel lighter now that we shared this. Yeah, big time. All right, so let's, uh, I, you know, every time I think of LSU, Connor, I just can't go back to, if you're not someone who checks out our YouTube channel, check it out. We post weekly promos for our show and Connor about put a hole in his drywall with his excitement from tossing his loafer around his house because for some reason, Marco Wilson, I, I can't, I can't even finish the sentence, Connor. I'm just still mad about what happened on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I was very I was very surprised well, I wasn't surprised that the Gators started slowly because that has quite frankly been the Gators MO is to start slowly over this past month, but that LSU was first off in position late to win. But they did get some help, you're right. Marco Wilson definitely helped the the LSU cause and probably knocked the Gators out of the playoffs. So that was that was I was into that, that's for sure.
0: I was getting a haircut today and I had to explain the whole situation to my barber and he was in total disbelief. Um, Someone who else is in disbelief is Stephen, has imposed himself a ban for the rest of the season on throwing his shoes. So uh, thank you for joining the noble cause that we're supporting here Stephen. That's very kind of you. Um, I'm just gonna take a minute to say you know I did the research. Florida I believed in you and I pulled behind you, and Marco Wilson just really pulled like a Howard Dean. You remember Howard Dean back in the election when he was running for president? And just like, he was
1: Mwah! a runner, too. He, he, was a
0: runner. he was into it. He was all the way, and he just yelled super loud, and Mwah! it was a great Dave Chappelle sketch. But, uh, if you don't know, I am a night owl on our show, and Connor is an, he's an early riser. He gets up at the ungodly time of, what, like, 3 in the morning every single day?
1: You know, Uh, There have been a few 3 a.m.s throughout this, although I don't typically want to be up at 3 a.m. There have been a few 3 a.m. mornings.
0: So on our show, I texted him at 10 o'clock, which I knew was way past his bedtime, just in all caps. I said, how did I give Florida the kiss of death, our patented kiss of death, because Florida was a 24-point favorite going into this game against the non-bowl-eligible Louisiana State University, and they blew it. They just straight blew it. They're... I didn't think they needed a run game, and it proved that they did. Kyle Trask is
1: awesome, but... Well, you know, he wasn't about... so awesome on Saturday. No. With three what... first-half interceptions. That, that wouldn't call that awesome. No. But sorry, go on.
0: Oh, no, it's... Yeah. My friend, our, our friend Manny, Manny says that uh, he was not surprised that Florida lost and that they're a top four predictable every year. That is true. Florida does get overranked a lot of times. Um but Kyle Trask I still he I still think he's a good Heisman front runner. Um or at least in a top Heisman conversation. I think he's got a lot of talent, but it seems like Dan Mullen is not as close as we thought he was. Um but I just didn't expect the gap to be that big, and I also want to make mention of something that really made me uncomfortable watching it after your bedtime, Connor, was that um, LSU just looked bigger. Florida's tinier than you think they are. Like, in the SEC East, they're okay to hang in there because Georgia's not that, doesn't have as much depth, but LSU had some huge players that made the Gators look like the baby alligators that you accidentally flushed down your toilet. What did you think of seeing Florida against LSU on tape?
1: You know, yeah, they, um, that, that's what happens, right? You, you get, when you recruit guys to play in systems, there's always, there's always going to be negatives, right? You, you can't be just like Alabama that can get the biggest and strongest and fastest. You know, you got to pick the kind of players you, you're going to roll with. And, you know, uh, LSU has always had a pretty solid run game, you know, for probably the past decade, Florida has, has, has been more of that spread type look. Uh, with smaller players, things like that. So, you know, uh, I, I think that we can say this as it relates to football, Rutledge, size matters.
0: Size in football does matter. Speaking of size and football matters, the size and matter of the new college football playoff rankings are huge this week. So I have them in front of me. This is what was released at 7 p.m. this evening for the college football playoffs, and that is we have number one, Alabama, number two, Notre Dame, number three, Clemson, and number four, Ohio State. Five is Texas A&M, and six is Iowa State going into the playoff weekend. So we have some big championship games coming, Connor. So let's break them down.
1: Which game do you want to start with?
0: I know, I usually... Usually it's just the Rutledge screen, which makes no sense, and that that screen just blew up my nickel defense.
1: There you go. Yeah, I mean, hey, let's. Uh, I th- I think we've got four. We've got four big games that we can talk about. So let's let's start. Let's start with the ACC. I think that that I think that's a real real good game to talk about. What What are you looking at going into this? What are your thoughts on the rematch of Notre Dame and Clemson?
0: Two words. Two obvious words. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is back. Um, Obviously, their defense needs to tidy it up a little bit because they got ran all over, but I think that you don't beat Dabo the way they did twice. There's a reason Dabo Sweeney has gone and gotten his program the way he is is because he has a good coaching staff that knows how to make it work. And I believe that this roster can go and counter Notre Dame's run attack and slow it down. Um, If they don't stop, if Clemson doesn't stop the run, then, and they don't get the pass going out of Trevor Lawrence, then they are in trouble. But Clemson puts up 46 points per game. Um, they've allowed 18 points per game, including when they played Notre Dame. So I believe that they have all the pieces in the puzzle that it's going to be about... It will be more surprising to see how Clemson doesn't do well than how Notre Dame does well. If Notre Dame does well and they make Clemson look like imposters, that's going to change the scope of everything. But what's your take on the Clemson-Notre Dame game?
1: Yeah, you know, first and foremost, yeah, I look at this in the scope of the playoff, right? Uh, Both the ACC and the SEC championship game, I think the first piece is in regard to the playoffs. So as of uh, about an hour and a half ago, I saw Clemson as a 10.5-point favorite. I think that that's, even though you, you don't just have Trevor Lawrence back, but you have... Uh, multiple players on the uh, on the front seven back uh, for uh, for Clemson so to be able to neutralize the Notre Dame running attack I think that 10 and a half points or 10 points really that that's a big line for this game and I think that uh, should Notre Dame even lose and I know we're gonna have our picks here later but should Notre Dame lose but cover uh, I feel pretty confident that both teams have done enough to prove, that they're going to be in, uh, in the playoffs. You know, I think um, the thing from you, if you look at it from Notre Dame, I think it's the, I think it's the same formula as last time, right? Uh, they do have to force more turnovers than they're used to forcing. Notre Dame, even though they don't allow a ton of yards uh, per game uh, in relation to the ACC as a whole, um, you know, they're, I believe as of last week they were the number one team in that regard. Uh, you know, they don't turn the ball over a lot. So uh, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta play good, tough defense, limit chunk plays from Clemson uh, and, and, you know, be able to score just enough points and get Kyron Williams going just enough uh, to win just, just a real slugfest. So I, you know, I think for Clemson, it's just exactly the opposite. I think if they turn Notre Dame over, get Notre Dame is one dimensional. Uh, I think that, you know, Clemson could in this in this game real quickly and probably knock Notre Dame out of the playoffs if if Clemson rolls. So that's kind of how I feel going into that. And what a great interception by uh, by my Raider defender over there! That you did play.
0: what Florida could not do to LSU, which was stop the slant. LSU oh, yeah. proved my Madden point all Saturday night long, which was just let them run the slant. Just run the slant, and you're going to win games. It no, blew up in no my doubt. face. To all of our podcast it. listeners out there, the score right now is 13-3 to 3 as we play Broncos versus Raiders in Mile High Stadium with, I don't even know what uniform I picked tonight. I look like a high school.
1: That's right. usually how we try to do it. We want to make sure somebody looks like they're a high school team.
0: We, we really do. Would we see this in our neighborhood, or would this be just a game that we would see? There we go. That's a sack. Alright. As we go, we have a lot of great chatter tonight on Twitch tonight. Um, our, our our commentators are... Uh, Steven and Manny are debating over the fact that um, Iowa State lost to uh, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, which, is Louisiana a good team or not? Well, they beat the famous Georgia Southern University, so... In my opinion, if you can beat Georgia Southern, you're a good football team because Georgia Southern is a great football team. But back to our highlight weeks. So let's get the big elephant in the room out of the way. Let's roll some Tide around here, Connor. By the way, Tide, if you'd like to be our sponsor, we would love to have you sponsor our show. I need to do laundry. Um, But let's talk about the SEC Championship game. And I want to just sort of point out something that happened. Nick Saban is hungry. I think that uh, being out of some gains with COVID, I think just kind of a serious pandemic, maybe he's getting a little older and Mrs. Saban is putting on the pressure for him to retire and spend time with the grandkids. He yelled at his defense when they were playing Arkansas when they were up, I think it was like 45 to three. And then they went and forced a turnover. So Nick Saban is that not just I'm going to crow through Nick Saban, but he has a stacked team. Mac Jones, Devonta Smith, and Najee Harris are all Heisman finalists. So is Kyle Trask, but Bama is that Bama we're used to seeing. Steve Sarkisian is running that offense up and down. Um, No one has time to even score against them, so the the tide is rolling out of Tuscaloosa. Connor, how do you feel about this SEC championship game, and are you going to throw your shoes again this weekend?
1: You know, I sure hope I don't get to throw my shoes this weekend. Um, you know, and I know we're picking later, but here's the deal. Florida starts out slow again. This could not just be an Alabama victory, but it could get really ugly really fast. Um, you know, the with that, the Gators in a lot of ways might not feel like they have a lot to play for. Uh, you know, they're already kind of out of the playoffs, and that, they had that big let down there. And I know Kyle Trask said, I'll, I'll focus on Alabama, but... And that's hard when you are uh, potentially to get into the playoffs to have that happen to you. I mean, that that that's a big deal. So, um, you know, man. And in terms of Nick Saban yelling at his defense, that is not that is not a uh, that is not an out of the usual thing. Nick Saban actually does that a fair amount. As as I get sacked, is another thing that happens a fair amount. Um, the uh, you hey, know the Nick. I know Nick Sa- Nick Saban talks about you know in, in essence you you coach oh how does he say it he says you you allow you allow the things to happen that happen more or less right if you coach if you're to let the let the emotional gas down when you're up forty five to three that's on you as a coach so I think Nick Saban uh, even though he might not be the most beloved coach in college football I think that he uh, finally a touchdown for the Raiders I think that. You know, he's good at putting guys in the NFL because he makes sure his players are focused all game long. So, you know, I I think that there's a lot of uh, emotions that are going to be going into this game for sure.
0: Huge game in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which actually our viewer Manny and I went to together. That is the coolest place I've ever been. I was like, a little, oh, we're not going for the onside kick.
1: I found it ironic that, uh, you know, they have a Chick-fil-A in the stadium, although most of the Falcons' home games are on Sundays,
0: they also have three dollar sweetwater beers, which I found and we uh we had a really good time it was a uh, It was an Orlando City Atlanta United game. I was the only Orlando fan, and all the Ar- Atlanta fans around me said, just feel sorry for them because we lost like I think it was like three to zero that day oh jeez it was it was before it was before this year before the glory days, as we call them, and there's a tackle in the backfield. Alright, um, yeah, Nick Saban is just, he's got it going. And you're right, that's a, we're going to pick that game later, but I think it's pretty alluring to what we're going to pick. So now we're going to move on to our next championship game, as we're less than two minutes to go in this game, um, and really just got to run off the clock, is we have the unbalanced Big Ten matchup of Ohio State and their destiny for, what, a one-game season to get them into the college football playoff? So Connor before we talk about Ohio State's Northwestern you and I are big eye test believers do we even feel like Ohio State the slant with the slant man um, do we even feel like Ohio State has something to give because their eye test is starting to corrode in my opinion when you play just such bad teams you don't have an eye test to test if you understand what I'm saying
1: yeah, they you know uh, their best win was against Indiana right now. Uh, people aren't giving Northwestern a chance. I think that this you know even though Ohio State kind of hemmed and hawed and folks figured out a way to get them in, Northwestern could really muck this game up, right? You know, Northwestern could really make this game an issue, and it could be a, a real big time a real big time issue if let's say Ohio State even just sneaks by as a ten point as a ten point victor, um, you know. Northwest who's to say that they can't who's to say Northwestern really can't give Ohio State problems uh, so yeah it's uh, I, I think in terms of the playoffs Ohio State if, if Ohio State goes and wins by 60 that's one thing but man if it's a 24-17 kind of game what well, it is a 24-17 kind of game Northwestern could win that kind of game but uh, y- you know you've got you've got uh, uh, a lot of things to just remember right if you're Ohio State the pressure got turned up incredibly high by getting you into this game.
0: Yeah. It's, they have to perform. If they don't perform, then why are you even there? You're just going to make your conference look, look worse. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, this is all on the Big Ten for this game to be competitive. If this is a blowout, it's really going to hurt them for the games to come, especially since Harbaugh is not going anywhere. And sure, Lovey Smith out of Illinois, but, no one's really paid attention to Illinois since that one year they ended up in the Rose Bowl somehow. No, that's a that's an all-out blitz. Um, as we move on, let's talk about our fourth championship game, and that is the Big 12. Iowa State and their balanced offense is coming to take on Oklahoma. Um, Connor, I like this game, and I like Iowa State in this game. I really feel like Iowa State kind of has a chance. The Big 12 has always been known for throw the ball further and faster than the other guy, but if Iowa State can rattle the rattler, of Oklahoma, I think Lincoln Riley doesn't have his normal championship-winning quarterback, and I really think that um, they have a shot here. They can move the ball on the ground, they can move the ball around. They really have good potential to sort of make something work. So, how are you feeling about the Cyclones going into this game?
1: I feel I, you know, I feel good about the Cyclones going into this game actually, uh, as as you get to win here. But uh, you know, I think that. Uh, the one thing Ohio, or the one thing Iowa state has to overcome is not being in this game and Oklahoma having been in this game and won this game the past four years uh, you know but watching the game before right it's not that Oklahoma called bad defense man the amount of missed tackles that Oklahoma had on defense to let Iowa State do their thing was pretty remarkable and uh, you know I, I think that there's if, if the big question for me is if Oklahoma's ready to tackle because it seemed like there was a lot of good defense called and the players just didn't execute. So uh, does that change that Oklahoma is in the Big 12 title game and Iowa State now has a bright light shined on them? You know, that, that uh, you know, we got to see and figure that out. But Ohio State or Iowa State is definitely going to be up for the challenge as uh, Coach Matt Campbell says they have that five-star culture. So we got to see for sure.
0: It's going to be a wild championship weekend. I can't wait. I'm going to be locked in all about it. Um, mm-hmm. Connor, do you want to take, let's take 15 seconds and talk about our possibilities. to Think about Texas A&M getting in. Give me your take because you're still sporting that 12th man.
1: Uh, I think that, I think A&M gets in with a Clemson loss or a tight Ohio State win or an Ohio State loss. I think that's how A&M gets in. What do you think?
0: I, I'm with you on that. I think A&M is possible um, because there's literally the ACC is facing each other in the championship game. I don't see it. If Notre Dame blows out Clemson, I think A&M is in um, pending that as long as the other two teams in the top four win Ohio State and Alabama. I want to see Iowa State go into the playoff. I think that would be wild to have them represent the, the Big 12. I think it would be just so cool. But it has to be the blow-up scenario. You know, they are number six. But in order to get that, Bama probably needs to lose. Ohio State needs to lose. A&M needs to lose. Even Cincinnati needs to lose. There has to be so much to happen for the committee to comfortably shove them in. But I think it would just be really cool to see a team that... you Their other famous thing was just blowing up Brandon Whedon's season at Oklahoma State. So I think it would be neat to see them actually in the playoff.
1: Amen. Amen. So that is uh that that's how i feel about a&m
0: all right that's how i feel about iowa state but now it's time for picks so to our viewers out there that are still watching and everyone we are picking this week we are picking notre dame clemson florida bama northwestern ohio state and oklahoma iowa state so um connor give me your picks notre dame clemson who you got
1: first i i I don't think clemson's ten and a half points better but I think that Clemson is at least one point better. Taking the Tigers.
0: I'm taking the Tigers. Good players do good things at good times, and Trevor Lawrence is a good football player. So I think they have potential to do a lot of good, so I am going with the Clemson Tigers. Next is the Florida Gators and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Connor, your
1: take. This one could get ugly. If Florida has to really improve off of their recent slow starts for it to not be ugly, in my opinion this game has the potential to be over by halftime for the tide picking alabama
0: i uh this one feels kind of like it's going to be when south carolina played cam newton and the auburn tigers in the sec championship game you know i hate to down florida that much just because of one through sh- one shoe throw but that slow offense you can't be slow against this alabama offense so uh, bam is gonna win it um we have Stephen also takes Bama. Stephen also takes Clemson. So next one, Northwestern, Ohio State. In everything we've talked about the Big Ten tonight, I have to go Ohio State. Um, you know, I know Northwestern is who's up there and who's competitive, but I think they're going to – Ohio State will blow, them out the, blow the doors out, beat Northwestern heavy-handedly, but I think it makes th- their resume look worse, not their resume look better. So what do you think, Connor?
1: Yeah, yeah, in Northwestern, they got a lot of smart football players and a good scheme and a good, really good coach. Uh, but, you know, uh, Ohio State's got more guys playing on Sundays, and I think that they are going to uh, – it's not like this is their first time playing under pressure. So I expect Ohio State to meet that pressure and succeed on Saturday over Northwestern.
0: Last game before we take it away for the week is uh, Oklahoma versus Iowa State. Connor, break this one down.
1: You know, as i as I mentioned before, Iowa State has and you know, they have to overcome not being there and not having the spotlight shined on them. Oklahoma's really turned things around. I think because Oklahoma's been there, uh, been there and done that multiple, multiple times, I expect the sooners to boomer. And, uh, you know, the, the the tacklers to be ready to tackle. I, I'm going for the Sooners here in this Big 12 title game. What say you, Rutledge?
0: I'm taking Iowa State. Let's see something wild Whoa. happen. College football is best when something crazy happens. I want to see the Cyclones do it. I think they can do it. I believe in them. I think the coaching staff can get behind them. I think they can drive that five-star culture and make it work. Is it tough? Yeah, like you said, when you're not used to being there. And this, like, shout out to this fan base. They stick behind this team you know and especially when you're bad most of us don't like to go to bad games but Iowa State fans when even on House of Cards when um the main characters of House of Cards went to the state of Iowa and said hello Hawkeye Nation meaning they were just recognizing Iowa not Iowa State for you to stick with your team in your area um let's go let's see some Cyclones let's do some damage so I think they can do it I think they have it in them we'll just see how they balance Steven takes Oklahoma. Steven takes Ohio State. All right, Connor. Um, we want to say a thank you to everyone who came out to see us. Once again, our challenge is on the table for Dude Thoughts, Carmen, and Gabe. Bring your game. Let's play some basketball. We want to Let's take you. It. We want to bring it down where we will be one and zero in 2021. I have won Madden again. Return to my winning day. It feels good to be back. Um, Connor, anything to say before we go tonight? Can't wait
1: to be picking games again, but you bested me this week.
0: I I will pick the next game, and maybe it'll be possibly just as lopsided. But until then, have a great championship week, everyone. Make sure to check us out on Twitch, on Facebook, on our podcast. We're Friends Stream Sports, and I'm Rutledge. And have a great night.